Hello, everybody, and welcome to this segment of Two Worlds, One Country, the program where we explore the underlying causes of the rural-urban divide and other divides, and then look at people, talk to people who are doing something about it. I'm Anthony Flacavento. I am your host. I'm very excited to be in the studio of WEHC. FM and WISEFMYs. And I'd also like to mention for those of you local that WEHC is having its spring fundraiser now. It's a great program. It's not only an NPR affiliate, but it has a tremendous wealth of community programming. So something very worthy of your support. I'm really excited today to be joined by Paul Kendrick. Uh, I've gotten to know Paul over the last year or so. And he is a person with a fairly lengthy political biography. He has been involved in politics from the national level on down for quite some time. He's going to tell us a bit about that. And more recently, in the last few years, uh, started an organization called Rust Belt Rising, which focuses primarily on six Midwestern so-called Rust Belt states. And Paul is going to talk to us about Rust Belt Rising today as well. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on Two Worlds, One Country. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all you do. So let's start with a bit about you, a bit about your background, and um, you can start with kind of where you grew up and all that kind of stuff, and then jumping into kind of the how and when you started to get more politically involved. I, I grew up in, um, actually in New England, in, in Hartford, West Hartford, Connecticut, but my uh, my mother's family is from southwestern Virginia, so I always love when Anthony's doing feel a real bond uh, because mm-hmm. I'd spend my summers in Salem and Roanoke. But I um, spent the first half of my career building a college success program to help first-generation college students get through college, and and so education is kind of always my why, uh, my kind of what what drives uh, in a lot of ways what why I think politics are important and the, and the outcomes matter in policy. Um, but I uh, got an opportunity to organize the youth vote for President Obama in Wisconsin and also uh, to help elect Senator Tammy Baldwin in 2012. And uh, that gave me an opportunity to work in uh, President Obama's Department of Education and, and White House and bring uh, the things I knew from the ground to uh, policy level. And uh, after that, uh, my my wife and I, she's from Chicago, and I had really fallen in love with the Midwest. And so we came back here. I wrote a book about the 1960 election and, and Dr. King's first overnight imprisonment and uh, called Nine Days. And and then I worked on Governor Pritzker's campaign uh, to the, the, to win Illinois. And and so that brought me to lead Rust Belt Rising. I didn't found it. Uh, the, the board did I had the great experience of getting to really organize it and grow and uh, get more than 800 leaders across our region involved. And and so, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but we're helping continuing to help elect Democrats in our region to make change uh, that really benefits their communities uh, across this region and help leaders learn from each other. Great, great. Tell me real quickly, what did you do in the Department of Education? I focused on uh, lifting up good approaches that educators uh, were doing around the country and, and tried to kind of take what was in uh, a lot of the, the the wonky, you know, policy reports and and, and get it into our social media and, and uh, in digital media to really tell hopeful stories of, of approaches that others uh, could utilize in their community of uh, things that were working, uh, whether it was, you know, 
a place in Kentucky increasing AP access or how, you know, teachers were being trained in an initiative in Tennessee or, you know, to just, uh, yeah, just trying to lift up things that are working to and, and the voices of educators to help uh, make progress. Nice, nice. And your book is called Nine Days? Yeah, Nine Days, The Race to Save Martin Luther King's Life and Win the 1960 Election uh, about the Kennedy-Nixon election, how a civil rights trio on the Kennedy campaign kind of risked the election to help get King out of a very perilous imprisonment uh, in the first of his life in uh, rural Georgia and how they ended up uh, not losing the election, but actually swinging the black book to win the election versus Nixon. Mm, and so it's a uh, fascinating piece of history, but also about how King figured out how he could make national change and how facing down death clarified his path uh, yeah. to uh, becoming the King that we remember. Right. So uh, right. it was a, uh, um, a story with some themes that I really believe in, but but it was great to spend time with civil rights veterans um, before a lot of them passed and uh, and 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 tell that story. And uh, so nice. really been very gratified by the the reaction to it uh, from you know the New York Times and Oprah Magazine and even President Barack Obama. Wow, when did that come out, Paul? Uh, that came out in uh, January two thousand twenty one. Oh, nice! So very recent. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Nine. Oh, thank nine you. Days. Yes. Excellent. Great. Great. All right, so tell us a little bit about Rust Belt Rising, starting with the geography, where where you focus, and, and maybe briefly why. It's probably obvious, but do that. And then a bit about how you're structured, because you have a kind of partners all over the country. Let's start with that. Actually, let's let's go one before those two things and and say what fundamentally is your your purpose. Yeah, great question. So we were founded after the 2016 election uh, when People really woke up and were shocked that places we used to win in the Midwest and, of course, beyond the Midwest, too, you know, too many voters didn't know what we stood for as Democrats, didn't think we connected to their lives, didn't see us as the party of working people anymore. And so uh, we were founded to kind of be a school for Democrats to help learn from the best campaigns, the best leaders, the best approaches to improve our messaging as a party with what works and as well as. Uh, being able to share solutions uh, that are working in communities uh, that that people are advancing. Um, and, and so we work with the Great Lakes states of uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Obviously, those were kind of the key blue wall states that we had to uh, rebuild support and to win again in order to win back the White House and, uh, and to hold it uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, but also we work with leaders in Ohio, Indiana and Illinois. And um, so we, we think there's a lot culturally that kind of connects um, and uh, that, that we can help people who authentic people who are putting their hand up to run for office, um, you know, help them be as strong as possible in their campaigns. Um, but but a lot of the principles that we teach in our trainings certainly apply in many places in rural Virginia and, and other places uh, when we talk about how we use values and stories um, and having a strong economic message and, and knowing ways to persuade on some of the kind of controversial um, social issues. So fundamentally, we want to make sure people see us as the party of working people that is fighting for what benefits their families. And so we do a lot of trainings for state and local parties uh, across this region um, that we provide. And uh, we have different courses that we recruit cohorts for of, of leaders of, of, you know, current and future candidates 
for particularly local and state office in these states and uh, and then they can hear from in our zoom sessions different leaders different mayors state representatives members of congress uh, digital strategists uh, it, people who who bring um you know a perspective a skills insights experiences that then give you an ability to be even more effective in the work that you're doing and we provide individual uh, mentorship uh, to these leaders to help bring out their unique story and, and their vision for their community. Um, and we create messaging that we distribute uh, and have done some polling as well and research um, to, again, really ground people and and, and, they get, and give them the messaging principles that help you authentically communicate the things that we know work best uh, with voters to get across what we're all about as Democrats. So you you get that kind of a as we call it these days, best practices, the, the things that seem to work. And uh, you you disseminate that through a variety of means. You have your weekly Zoom sessions, and Ru- Ruby does a monthly uh, briefing that's similar in that we're trying to basically highlight new information, insights, strategies that work. But you do it every week. That's one. I've, I've only been able to attend once or twice, but they're great. And then you also have these trainings as well that you do that's are the trainings more focused on candidates and and then for both of them the trainings and the zoom sessions they're not limited to people in the six states uh, the six rust belt states you they're wide open isn't that right yeah and well it's it's the more the merrier uh we, we don't turn any win away uh, any democrat away from our our sessions that you know allow you to hear from uh, different leaders uh, that are doing exciting things in their communities, uh, in their campaigns. Uh, so it's it's really helpful for those that are running that uh, you know have, have a lot to learn in this uh, kind of elusive thing, and those who take them you know, local office or state office and are, are looking for approaches to champion or or just our community leaders, our activists in their community um, that want to uh, you know know about ways that they can. You know, help make their community better. So, um, but uh, but in terms of yeah, some of the races that we target and prioritize for coaching and sharing our our messaging, our polling, um, those are you know targeted at these Great Lake states. Sure, sure. So I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but one of the things that your website says, and you more or less said earlier, was that um, you want to help people see the Democratic Party as the party of working folks. My my initial reaction to that is kind of, well, we need to be the party of working mm. folks for people to see us as the party of working folks. So I don't know how much you agree with that, um, but is part of your work, whether it's through the trainings or just in general, is it also trying to nudge Democratic candidates, Democratic activists, and and Democrats at large to reconnect with and really embrace the issues of working folks, maybe in a way that they've not been doing for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I can't say enough good things about Rural Urban Bridge Initiative and, and other partners who, who do, that, do that work as well and that we learn from and that we want to you know share expertise with. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we can talk about what makes messaging effective. But one of the key pieces is the messenger <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. people that have candidates that can carry uh, that the, the, the message and, and have you know local credibility and 
a leadership brand that transcends just the party next to their name. And so there, we have so many great candidates who are um, running uh, that, that, you know, have just different you know, blue collar you know, working experiences um, that, you know, if anyone's trying to paint the Democratic Party, a, you know, a certain way, I mean, these, these Rust Belt Rising candidates really exemplify what we really are, who we really are, and are able to draw on their stories and personal experiences and values. And so, you know, I see my role as helping encourage those folks and and, and, and being able to, um, you know, just help them channel their authentic self um, into a campaign and, and use a lot of those, the, the, the best strategies that we know to run. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a great saying at one of the rural organizing gatherings, I think Anthony and I were both at, where, you know, we need to stop talking about, oh, Democrats need to show up in rural areas. We're already there. We need to let people know we're here and know what we're doing and uh, and really elevate leaders. And, and so that's that's yeah. what I believe in. Well, let me ask you about you said so there's a lot of really good working class candidates. They're strong candidates just as a candidate, but they're also come from the kind of background that is more likely to resonate with with uh, folks we're trying to reach. Do you cultivate or reach out to or try in some way try to find those candidates or do they just emerge and you learn of them and then you and and the folks that you work with go about supporting them it's a little more the latter since we're covering six states so that's uh, you know a lot, you know we can't recruit in every town but um but we you know at this point have a lot of relationships with different county chairs um and, and partner organizations who can say, oh, this person's thinking about running, uh, you know, would you talk to them or, you know, or why don't you invite them to one of your Zooms? And, and so um, I, I do end up uh, really encouraging um, uh, a number of folks who um, yeah, are at different kind of stages. And I'm also very proud that we'll continue working with people beyond one run for office. You know, there's mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, organizations will just, you know, they're just kind of endorsed and, and, and you know, maybe do something relative to one cycle and then that's it and a lot of times they're only focused on the most competitive districts but you know we have candidates who uh run for you know state representative in a district that you know is not that winnable at at this moment um but then you know i've continued cultivating and developing them in their public leadership journey and help them run for a local office that then they were elected to and they Mm -hmm. can make change that way and so you know, I think if we're going to change things in and improve the margins uh, and build for long-term change in, in places where we're not doing as well right now as we want to, um, you know, it takes that approach um, that's beyond kind of short-sighted political thinking. Yeah. So, and and when you say that you want to lift up Democrats, so, but you also work with just rank-and-file Dems as well, is that right? Yeah, and and I love that work because ultimately that you know those are the people that are uh, you know going to post on Facebook and be and, and be that be seen by uh, the people that they went to high school with. You know that's the folks who are going to be canvassing and, and and bringing that message to the door. And so we've done a lot of trainings for state parties and for county parties that you know most of the attendees aren't running for office aren't planning to uh, sure. but are the the tip of the spear are are the volunteers are the activists and helping them get comfortable 
sharing stories of the voter, asking questions of a voter, not just coming with, you know, talking points, but really being able to, um, you know, ask follow-up inquiries to kind of draw out how people are feeling about things and, and then being able to share our, our, our experience and our stories with folks and, uh, you know, and understanding how to use um, values that resonate with the person that you're talking to that you share, that are shared values, uh, to, to talk about things and, and how we, you know, make policy not kind of wonky, but, but, um, but about what it allows people to do and, and getting to the heart of matters. And, um, you know, those are the, some of the, the things that we, we, we train people on ultimately, you know, being able to uh, effectively talk about what we're for as Democrats. And we know that that is really important. Again, if we're going to persuade people and um, move the needle in, in places where we want to do better. Um, and even if we can't win, you know, the next state rep election in that area, well, one, it matters to the top of the ticket whether we're going to win the state, and two, it's it's part of the long-term change that we want to shoot for in, in, in places that have, you know, trended away from us. So I want to get to um, Rust Belt Rising and rural specifically in a minute, but before that, you, you talked about uh, messaging, and part of that also there's there's just messaging generally that conveys around values and commonalities but you've done some work i remember reading one of your um i'll call it publications that really looked at economic policy not not strictly limited but but basically it was economic and community development policy and and putting what is often very complex and multi-layered federal bills, um, federal laws once they're passed, kind of into layperson's language. Like if you wanted to talk to people about some of the good stuff that's come out of the Biden administration in terms of infrastructure, broadband, economic development, farmers, um, here's a guide to doing that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? And will you continue to do that? Because I think an awful lot of listeners kind of don't really know what's in the policies exactly themselves, but even if they do, they're not sure how to talk about them because they're so big. Yeah, we've, uh, as you you know, are kind to allude to, have had some great presentations on that. Um, one recently from a initiative called One Country that uh, has looked at kind of the rural impact of, of recent. Uh, things that the Biden administration Democrats have passed, um, the Inflation Reduction Act, Bipartisan Infrastructure, Stimulus, uh, the Recovery Act, and, uh, and and have had other presentations like that. And then we've also, we have a messaging committee of like comms veterans in the region that's kind of taken some of this stuff and translated it into simple talking points and messages. And, and then, you know, leading up to the election, we were, you know, creating a kind of a monthly one of those um, that we're distributing. So yeah, it's, it's really important. We want to continue doing it. And again, it, it uh, people have to see things locally. And, and so we want to talk about what applies locally from this stuff. And, uh, but even most importantly, what helps people in their own lives. Uh, and a lot of times, yeah, they don't, you know, that, that we want people to make the connection, um, you know, on issues like, you know, Democrats just, you know, want a big victory to lower prescription drug prices. That's something both parties have been talking about for a long time. Um, you know, we did it uh, with bipartisan infrastructure. You have water systems uh, being improved. You have, you know, bridges being rebuilt, good jobs being created around roads, you know, um, good manufacturing. And the Inflation Reduction Act is creating 
you know, all this clean energy investment that are good jobs, jobs that can't be outsourced, um, that is, you know, catalyzing these investments. Um, so again, we want to, you know, we just really believe in messaging that makes things as simple as possible, as accessible as possible, and encouraging people to make it as local as possible. So, you know, we're talking about, I don't know, something like clean energy investment, like sometimes that can sound like, you know, the Jetsons to people, but, but we want to say, you know, we'll look at this thing down the road, you know, this is, you know, what, what, what it meant. Uh, to our community and again helping people make the connection you know during the pandemic you know getting the, the child tax credit helped people be able to you know sign their child up for sports or you know be able to get their groceries and um, but a lot of times that you know they didn't know that was something that you know President Biden and Democrats have passed and so uh, it, you know we, we, we need to really you know good things are happening we're not always getting credit for it um, but but it you know goes to the heart of people usually do on the issues support uh, kind of where the Democrats are at on it. You know, they want um, uh, good jobs, good wages, uh, good schools, uh, affordable health care, clean water, protecting Medicare and Social Security for a decent retirement. You know, those are the things that we're fighting for. And, and so we need to um, really uh, remind people wage our campaigns on those economic bread and butter kitchen table issues. Um, because we know the other side is going to try to divide uh, and scapegoat and, uh, you know, and, 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 and really make things uh, about some other uh, you know, different social issues that, you know, that, that, that they're trying to get people, you know, not thinking about the, uh, you know, uh, the, how they're protecting you know, big oil and, and big pharma and, and, and a lot of this greed uh, that we're really fighting against. Great. So I want to wrap up by, by talking a little bit about rural. Uh, before that, I'm going to just pause to say again that this is Two Worlds, One Country. My guest today is Paul Kendrick, uh, Executive Director of Rust Belt Rising. We've been hearing from Paul. I'll also remind listeners who are in the vicinity of Emory, Wise, Virginia, Southwest Virginia, that we are in the midst of the spring fundraiser. So please dig deep if you can to support this radio which this radio station which not only airs NPR programming but does a tremendous amount of community program including this program. So Paul as we wrap up we've got about 3ish minutes left. I know that Rust Belt Rising is not a rural focused group but a big part of all six of the states that you work in, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Illinois, et cetera, are rural. And those states themselves, like the country, have varying degrees of an urban-rural divide within them with kind of Democrats sorting to the cities and most every other place being more Republican. So do you all tackle indirectly or directly – uh, this question of the urban-rural divide at all? Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, and certainly been, I think, disproportionately rural candidates who are drawn to our work because they're not always getting the the, the kind of resources and attention uh, otherwise. And so, you know, so, some excuse of the me, you, you, that we... Excuse me, Paul, you said it was disproportionately rural candidates that are drawn to what Rust Belt Rising is offering because yeah. they can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, the, well, you know, that those in like some of the closest elections and like that are often in suburbs, like they're maybe getting like tons of resources. Sometimes in rural, they're, they're not getting, or in, you know, small towns, blue collar towns, they're not always getting as much attention. And so, um, but we want to help Democrats everywhere, cities, suburbs, 
rural. Um, but yeah, but it is a lot of rural candidates that I think have really taken um, uh, advantage of this chance to be in this community of practice of other leaders who, you know, you might be a little lonely sometimes in your town, but there's, you know, someone uh, else in a similar place, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in Western Pennsylvania, that it's like, you know, what you're dealing with in Eastern Ohio, you know, so, um, and I think some of the things we've learned that we really try to help get across to rural candidates is one, talking about local issues, um, talking about, you know, the things that's like, you know, that 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 bridge that's bothering people though we wanna, you know, get fixed and it helps get us out of some of the tribal partisan national stuff. Mm -hmm. Um in uh, really leading with our stories and experiences, people trust stories and experiences more than facts, figures, and, and kind of you know their the, and, and and values that people share, like hard work and your examples of it. Um, and um, you know, and, and in terms of this, like the bridging the rural urban divide, you know, we often uh, utilize the, this uh, communications framework called the race class narrative, where you really start with things that we share. Um, you know, hey, we all want the same things for our family. We all you know believe you know people work hard they should be able to get ahead um and then talking about what people are doing to divide us but some people are, are, are you know our politicians are trying to divide us and um so that they can you know pick our pockets um, and then reminding people examples of of when people have made progress and then and and then the vision of what we're trying to do together what we can win for all of our families i think you know kind of the values the villain the vision uh is a good way to uh build bridges uh you know and, and communicate what's going on um, especially on, again, some of the more um, controversial issues. But again, some of those issues have really changed where, uh, you know, we used to lose elections on the issue of abortion. But now that Republicans are proposing abortion bans, well, you know, people believe in freedom and uh, not having their rights taken away. And, and so that's changed that issue. But, you know, in some education right now and, and, and different things uh, where we have these controversies, um, you know, I think that's a, an important framework. And yeah, ultimately, I mean, there's no substitute from for you know being out there and knocking the doors and connecting people, listening, right. uh, asking them questions, learning from their life, but also using um, you know Facebook and, and and really deploying people that you know to ask them to post, asking them to make a selfie video, asking them to share this link of this post you have. Um, you know, we have to think about the ways that we get the message out um, and use you know the tools that we have today of you know ultimately how we reach people on their timelines of from people that they trust um people that they see themselves in um uh you know really helps to uh, get that message out um so you know it's something i can uh talk about a lot but i think ultimately the the the, the values piece is really key you have to think about what's a value the person i'm talking to shares sometimes that's not the like default go-to for you know maybe you as a progressive activist but but it is something you care about too so um lead with that value you know i believe hard work should be uh should be re rewarded in this country you know and uh, people should their, their hard work should be respected and they should be paid what they deserve you know starting with the thing that you believe right, that you're, right. the person you're talking to believes then you're building a bridge if someone agrees with the first thing you said then they'll agree with the second thing you said but instead of just starting with the policy instead of starting with process and um you know and, and jargon um starting with the values um, and then, then you know, we get people nodding. Then we're building a, a bridge, um, and, and we can again share our stories, our experiences, and our vision for for what's possible, what our community can be like. Helping people see that, not just negating uh, the bad, but uh, but what the helping people envision uh, the good we can create together right. if we take action.
Right, right. Very good. And that's so much of what you just said there, everything from using concrete local examples to leading with with values and stories to uh, finding common ground. All of that has kind of been reinforced by Ruby's own research and the candidates we interviewed. So, Paul, I want to thank you very much. We're at time now, so I'm going to wrap us up. This is Two Worlds, One Country, a program on WEHC and WISE. Wise and also on podcast available on pretty much any podcast platform. And I want to thank again our guest today, Paul Kendrick, director of Rust Belt Rising. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all you do and really appreciate everyone listening out there. Thanks. <laughs>